0: love you're listening to trucking 101 surviving your first year with host melissa Grimm. we'll talk about safety managing your money and real life out on the road our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience you've got questions we've got answers
1: It's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, seven years as a commercial transport officer, he was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard.
2: I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I'm the highway
3: patrol.
1: Good evening, and welcome to another Compliance Corner. I am your host, Bill Howard, and thank you so very much for tuning in. I thought uh, tonight we'd uh, we'd talk about the terrible doggy, it's winter time, and uh, if you want to jump into the conversation, push one, and Melissa will get you screened, and we'll get to your question. Yes, folks, there's a chill in the air, and it's getting darker earlier and lighter later in the days. So I thought we'd uh, take some time and talk about being prepared. For all our new drivers out there that are are just getting into the industry, and uh, if this is your first winter, here's a valuable tip. Any load that arrives on its wheels is on time. Please don't feel the pressure that... You know, I've always made this run in this amount of time, and, and I have to keep going. And if highway conditions start to deteriorate, the last thing I want to see is your truck on the Twisted Trucker's Facebook page, sideways, crossways, upside down. And worse yet, you hurt. So to uh, for anybody that's old enough to remember the TV series Hill Street Blues, the old sergeant, after roll call, always reminded people to, hey, let's be careful out there. So, yeah, let's be careful out there. And let's start start off with getting us prepared. If uh, anybody's running north of Interstate 10, you really want to put together a winter gear bag. And uh, you should have... I like, uh, I'll just go through what's in my bag. I've got a pair of uh, insulated snow boots. I've got a pair of insulated coveralls, toque, mitts, scarf, gloves, extra socks, and all of that is tucked away in a hockey bag. And in the fall, that goes in the truck. And in the spring, it comes out because there's nothing worse than being caught off guard and you're just not prepared. You also need a really good flashlight, because it's getting darker earlier and lighter later in the morning. So now is a good time to uh, make sure that the batteries are fresh in your flashlight and you've got a good, decent flashlight. Another thing that I do that I like to see guys do is uh, If you need a new winter coat, go buy a high-visibility jacket. Uh, That's my winter coat, is a high-vis parka. And like I say, with it being, you know, more hours in darkness, we just need to be visible. And uh, truck stop parking lots are uh, not the most well-lit to start with. So... uh, just do everything we can to be more visible. Like I say, if you need a new jacket, go well, buy yourself a high vis jacket or treat yourself to an early Christmas present and uh you know, you're always you're always visible. When we deliver to customers, they require us to uh you know, to be wearing high visibility clothing. So, you may as well get yourself a nice winter parka that's high vis and and then you're always prepared. Another thing that uh, we really need to be aware of this time of year with uh, the rain and the snow and the sleet, is slips, trips and falls. Always remember that three points of contact when you're getting in and out of the truck, and really be careful, climbing in and out of trailers. Three points of contact. you know, make sure you've got a good grip and uh, don't be doing a face plant. When we get out of bed in the morning, if uh, you've been in an area that's had a snowfall overnight, truck's going to be covered in snow. Steps are going to have snow on them. Again, you know, sometimes we're a little foggy in the morning. We haven't had our coffee yet. and we're We're not thinking clear. And you get out of the truck and make that one giant leap for mankind, and it's very hard to be graceful. So take the time and... Have a real good look before you get out on that step, and if you need to, two points of contact and clean the snow off with your foot, <clears throat> and then three points of contact getting in and out of the truck, because there's nothing worse. Yeah, I know about that. I,
0: I've fallen out of the truck like uh, three times, so yeah. Please hold on, because it hurts when you fall.
1: Absolutely. Well, and and another problem is that could turn into a lost time accident, and. You don't make any money on compensation, and the carrier doesn't. So let's, yeah, those lost time injuries, you know, over the silly little stuff are huge money for everybody involved. So we really should try and mitigate that as best we can. Another thing to, uh, to focus on is uh, making sure our lights are always clean and always working. And the conspicuity tape, the red and white reflective tape on the trailer, that needs to be kept clean. And please don't ask me to spell conspicuity. But uh, get in the habit of, say, every two, two and a half hours, we need to get out and and stretch our legs. And if people have got pets with them, uh, you know, they could could use a little bit of a break. You know, when the weather's kind of crappy find a safe place to pull off the road, and get out, and make sure that the lights are clean, and dig the snow out of the tail lights. When, uh, when you're driving in the snow, it swirls up around the uh, around the back end of the trailer, and it'll pack those tail lights in. And with these LED uh, tail lights, they just don't generate enough heat to stay clean. so. We always want to make sure that they're clear. And then while you do that, uh, as of December the 18th, we're all going to be on electronic logs, but make a note, flag it in your logbook that you're uh, doing a vehicle check. And put a note in there that you're cleaning the taillights. What that does is you get in the habit of doing that, And that's going to build credibility for you in the event of an accident. In the event you get rear-ended, you now have a history that you can go back and say, well, you know what, every two, two and a half hours, I stop and I clean those lights out and I make sure that they're working. And for the guys on their own authority, your insurance company is going to love you for doing that. And for the rest of us that are drivers and, uh, you know, working for carriers, it just helps them to mitigate their exposure. There's a lawyer starving to death on every street corner. Let's just not do their job for them and and make them work for whatever money they're going to try and get from us. But Take the time, clean the lights out, make a note of it, that the lights were working and you cleaned them out, and it's uh, it all boils down to what uh what it, what people feel is reasonable, and uh two, two and a half, three hours, you know that's reasonable to uh, stop and uh, you know clean out your lights another uh Another thing to uh be very aware of. Is this time of year the animals are on the move. So please be careful in those dusk hours and those dawn hours uh, with uh, animals on the move and uh, try and cut down on the animal strikes. Uh, I just came back through Montana, and uh, it's just amazing the amount of deer that uh, that are out, and you know the amount of deer that I've seen hit. So again, you know that's that's an accident we can do without so nighttime hours really be careful dust to dawn, the animals are on the move, so watch out for those uh Don't forget if you want to jump in, push one, and uh we'll get you into the uh into the conversation. Another point I'd like to bring up with uh with everything being as dry as it is for all those smokers out there, please don't. Fire your cigarettes butts out the window. Uh, where I live, we've we've just had tremendous fires for the last couple of days, and uh, you know we all heard about the horrible fires in in California. Everything is so dry out here now. You know, just please be careful. For the guys pulling doubles, watch your safety chains. Make sure that they're coupled and not dragging on the ground. Because a chain that's too long and dragging is going to create sparks, and that has the potential of setting the ditch on fire so let's uh let's be real careful out there with that moving along to uh, to winter time another uh, another good thing to put in our toolkit is a bag of kitty litter. That will get you out of more trouble than you can ever imagine. You're in a dock, you just need a little bit of traction. Kitty litter is worth its weight in gold. If you don't have kitty litter, something else that you can use, had limited success with it, but it's worth a try, is pour windshield washer fluid on your tires. If you pour it on the top of the tire and let it roll through, and work its way down. I don't know what, the, what it does, but you'll get enough of a reaction that chances are you can walk yourself out of the dock. When you get back to the yard and it's cold and uh, you're ready to unhook that trailer, <clears throat> excuse me, before you snap the uh, trailer brakes on, do up all your paperwork. <laughs> whatever you need to do, send satellite messages, whatever. Find your parking spot, back your trailer in, and again, just take a minute or two to contemplate life. Pull ahead two or three feet, and then back your trailer back into its uh, where you're going to drop it. And then you can go ahead and snap your uh, trailer brakes on and unhook. What that does is you come in off the road, your tires are hot, they'll melt down into the into the ice. So if you just drive in, back into your spot, drop your trailer, the next guy that's going to hook that trailer and drag it out of there is going to have some problems because the, the tires have melted down into the ice and frozen, and now that trailer's stuck there. There's a better than average chance that uh, the drums are still hot and if you just snap the brakes on right away before they get a chance to cool, they'll the, the brake shoe will actually freeze to the drum. And now you've got a set of uh, seized wheels. Brings me to my next point. When you hook up to your trailer that's been sitting there in the warehouse or in the yard or wherever, and you go to pull it out, now's a good time to go over to the shop and get a piece of... Of tire chalk and when uh, when the weather gets cold hook up to your trailer take your tire chalk and make a mark on each wheel each outside wheels good enough on the face of the tire when you hook onto the trailer pull it ahead two feet stop get out and walk back and make sure that that chalk mark that you've put on that tire has moved. If it hasn't, if it's still sitting exactly where you are, that wheel's frozen. And now you're going to have to either get the shop involved or get under there with a hammer and whack the brake drum and uh, try and unfreeze that uh, that brake shoe. Cuz if you just drag it out of the yard, you're going to you're going to ruin a set of tires and i have seen that countless times where uh, they've skidded tires and the cost to the carrier is just huge so please be careful with that and tire chalk is cheap and the shops are more than happy to give it to you and it's just a good habit to get into tire chains make sure If you've never put tire chains on a truck before, now is a good time to get a hold of the shop, get a hold of the safety department, and say, listen, I would like to go out and put a set of chains on. Can you help me? Because if you're on the side of the road and you're spun out or the chain law's in, in place and you have no idea what you're doing, you're in a world of hurt every year there's at least two or three drivers that are killed putting on their tire chains. So we really want to minimize the amount of time, the amount of our exposure outside that vehicle chaining up because it's when you're down there on the tandems and you're wrestling chains, you're in the kill zone and all it takes is somebody to lose control and you're dead. So, It's chaining up is one of those, let's get in, get it done, and get out of there. Check with your carrier and see what their policy is on chaining up. Um, My carrier has the philosophy that tire chains are to get you out of trouble. You should have been smart enough not to get yourself into in the first place. So their policy is if tire chains are required, you find a safe place to sit and wait out the storm. If that's the case, communicate with dispatch, let them know what's going on, keep everybody in the loop, and, uh, you know, we can reschedule uh, loads. You're driving along and you're in a storm and you're traveling with three or four other guys and you're just starting to feel uncomfortable and, you know, things just, you're not in a good place. And you know in your heart of hearts that I'm approaching the end of my ability. And please don't take that the wrong way because we all started somewhere and nobody was an ace driver the first time they sat in the seat. So everybody has a different comfort level. And to quote Clint Eastwood, A man's guts to know his limitations. Especially in the wintertime, we need to know our limitations. Again, don't want to see anybody have an accident. Don't want to see anybody hurt. Don't want to see equipment destroyed. So the best thing is trust your instincts. If you don't feel good about how the road is and how conditions are, find a safe place Get off the road. Communicate with dispatch because you're the captain of the ship. I'm not comfortable anymore. The roads are getting bad. The storm's getting worse. I'm in a safe location. I'll let you know when I feel it's safe to proceed. Keep them in the loop and nothing gets destroyed. And don't feel bad if you're traveling with four or five guys and you're the only one that's bailing out. Everybody has a different comfort level and a different skill level. 23 years in law enforcement, the agencies I worked for spent a lot of money on my driving skills. So my comfort level in less than desirable conditions is gonna be way different than what Russ's comfort level is and what Melissa's comfort level is. And it's not taking anything away from any other driver out there that I'm going to keep going and you know what, maybe I'm going to quit. And it's, uh, like I say, any load that arrives on time, or any load that arrives on its wheels is on time. So communication is the key and make sure you let dispatch know what's going on and know what your carrier's policy is. What... uh, What's Schneider's policy, uh Russ? Uh Schneider,
0: uh, I don't know if you want to take this, Russ, but uh Schneider's their whole thing is uh you're the captain of your ship, so if you don't feel comfortable driving, you know, pull over and just
1: communicate what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. go ahead. You know, it's uh, that's that's the best way to be, because it's you know, I, I I I'm not sure how to how to say it, but when you're upside down in the ditch, whose driver's license do I have in my hand? It's it's not dispatches, and it's, you know, not somebody off in, in, in corporate safety. It's your driver's license. So you are the captain of your ship, and if you're not comfortable, please find a safe place to get out and wait out the storm. If you find yourself... In that position, you're going to want to thank me early because you've already prepared yourself and you've got your little kit tucked away that you can survive for 72 hours out in the middle of nowhere all by yourself. We want to have some high-protein uh, energy bars. We want to have some nuts. Um you know, anything that's non perishable, that's good in energy, some water and I like to carry a couple of really big non scented candles. If you're out in Wyoming and things go south and they close that freeway, you could be there. I've seen the road closed for two or three days. I've seen 25 closed. It's not uncommon for 80 to be closed for a day or two. Out you get out into Nebraska and into the Dakotas, same deal. You want to be able to look after yourself until help arrives and help may not be there for one or two days. So be aware of that. Don't ever ever leave your truck Stay in the truck. Don't wander out and go looking for help. Help is going to come to you eventually. So don't leave the truck. So many cases of people, oh, there's a farmhouse just over there. I can get there. And emergency services finds them froze to death. Two or three days later. Stay in the truck. It's going to provide you with shelter. Even if it quits, you've got your warm clothing that you've packed in. You've got a candle to generate some heat. And you've got food that you're only going to touch in the event of an emergency. If you're sitting on a loading dock, got the munchies, don't dive into that emergency bag. That is strictly for emergencies where you're uh, stuck on the side of the highway.
2: I've got something to add to the bag. Yep. I've got, uh, here, a couple of years ago, um, I got some uh, ice plates and take and Just they just strap onto my boot. I mean they're real easy. It's almost like putting on a a flip flop or a sandal or something. A little tighter though, but it it stretches over my boots. And you know you were talking about getting out walking around on the ice and stuff like that. Uh, When the pavement's nasty, they're on my feet. And uh, it has definitely saved me from hitting the uh, hitting the deck a few times. Uh, That that little metal uh, cleat on there digs ice, digs in the ice pretty good.
1: No, that's uh that's uh that's great advice. And uh, I think the TAs sell those. They them Walmart. Yeah, I've Thanks. seen, yeah, I've, seen uh, I've seen the TA uh TAs out West uh have had that. And yeah, you know, Walmart or the uh outdoor stores is uh yeah, that is a great idea kind of sad that we live in a climate where you have to chain up your feet but yeah it's uh, it's way better than doing a header across a parking lot and, oh, and I've uh-huh. seen in parking lots I've been in parking lots where it's been so slippery that you could hardly stand up and you kind of go from vehicle to vehicle to vehicle to get inside so yeah great call great call
2: yeah I was amazed at how well they work um, uh, Snodder made them available to us and um, I, I don't even know what it costs for the owner operator. They may give them to the owner operator. I don't remember, but uh, every year, um, you know, they're available. At, you know, and you can, you know, you can pick up a pair, and they've got them in you know a bunch of different sizes, and all the operating centers have them. And so, if you know, uh, uh, last year I ended up getting a new pair because the pair I'd had uh, before were getting um, a little wore out. So.
3: Um, but oh, yeah. even if
2: I had to buy them, I, I mean, I would go purchase them. They, they, I use them that much and they work that well.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it doesn't matter, uh, what you perceive you're going to look like with those on your feet. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah. it's way better than taking a header yep. and, uh, I, yeah, your, your high-vis parka, you know, for, uh, for the guys here in Canada, they're available at Mark's Work Warehouse, for uh, everybody down south, Tractor Supply actually has a real good price on uh, on the high visibility jackets, and uh, you know they're just a good quality and better to be seen and better to be safe. anybody want to jump in
0: and uh, push one? Uh, and... Dale, sorry, sorry, I I had I just had a, somebody call in. He wants him. He wants to make a, a suggestion for the uh, winter bag. Absolutely. Okay, we got John in
1: Wisconsin. Hey, John, you're on the air. Hey, yes, John, thanks for, tu- thanks for tuning in.
3: Yeah, I hadn't listened to you before, and, and I've been doing this for about 26 years. So um, I usually carry a bottle of uh, Airline Antifreeze. Uh for the drop and hook and the snow that blows on the trailers that are dropped. We, we do a lot of drop and hooking and, and, uh, I try to tell any new guy I to him about the cold snow, the crunchy snow, the traction snow and the wet snow, uh, which is a big difference. I got a buddy from Florida. He just scratches his head. He's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And, and, uh, uh, the wet slush, and I I tend to, before I drop a trailer or I'm going to park for the night, I try to drag my brakes a little to melt off any of that slush, because that will freeze in two seconds after you park. And uh, that's just a couple little things I do. I carry all that stuff, like you said. Sometimes I don't even take it out of the truck. I just leave it in here. But, but Yeah, yeah cause good information. I just, I just wanted to add that. Oh no! Thank you very
1: much, and uh, and good call. And uh, just to uh, uh, a little side note on that, make sure the uh, air brake antifreeze is actual air brake airline antifreeze. Uh, you probably remember, for uh, any dinosaurs that are listening, we used to just dump methyl hydrate in the airlines, and uh, that's what we used for uh, air brake antifreeze. With the new uh brake systems and a b s, you have to use specific air brake antifreeze because if you dump methyl hydrate in there in about uh a thousand miles that aBS valve is useless and it's a uh, it's an eighteen hundred dollar valve if you uh, if you go to replace it so make sure what you're dumping in there is uh compatible and and what should be in there. Another uh another thing I like to carry is uh I carry two jugs, two 1 liter or 1 quart jugs of the uh diesel 911. If uh, fuel starts to thicken up on you, you can uh, dump one jug in each tank and uh it's amazing. I don't know what's in it, but it's a it's a miracle in a bottle. Cuz once it uh, once it mixes up your problems go away. For those of us that run in warm climates and suddenly find ourselves in cold climates, be careful what you get for fuel. Uh, An example of that is uh, I run California. California to Canada, the temperature can change 60 degrees from or more one day to the next or more so if i uh i try not to buy i only buy the minimal amount of fuel in california that i can get to get me back up into uh utah idaho montana where uh chances of getting blended fuel are better just to avoid those uh those freeze-ups in the wintertime when it's cold and crappy don't take shortcuts stay on the big roads uh, I run traditionally you know I-15 and in the wintertime I'll or, you know in the summertime I'll, I'll cut off at uh, Dillon and take the shortcut through Whitehall and uh, come out of Boulder it's a two-lane road and, you know, I'll do that up until probably 8 o'clock at night because after that it starts getting lonely on that road. And if you have any trouble, you're out there by yourself. You're a lot better off on the interstates and there's at least people around you should you uh, wind up in trouble. Snow plows. Hey, shot uh,
0: damn. Can I tell yes. a funny story about driving a side road in the wintertime?
3: <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. So uh, this is when I was driving for Warner, and all trucking companies are like this. They send you on the shortest route, even if it's a ridiculous road. Um, so they wanted us to take US-20 across Oregon, and it was um, December. So <laughs> so I'm driving Ooh. on US-20, uh, and it's almost a solid sheet of ice. I think I was probably going about 20 miles an hour. just trying to creep along and get through and uh way way far away i see this buck just booking it i mean he is going at a high rate of speed i he must have caught the scent of a girl and he was going after her so he's just booking it doesn't even know that i'm there he's focused he runs straight in front of my truck takes a header on my uh radiator goes down and slides all the way across the road straight into the ditch <laughs> like a hockey puck. Oh. Um, one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. I wish I could have got it on video.
1: And and no damage.
0: No damage. Bent the uh mud uh not the mud, the uh the bumper just a little bit. Pulled it out with a chain. It was all good.
1: Wow. Yeah. Man, yeah. that got your heart rate going.
0: Uh, yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen when he hit, but it was a really nice hit because he was going really fast. And uh just got him on the head, and he went down and slid, and I didn't even run over him.
1: Good. Well, well done. and Well, it wasn't you, me. Uh, it was luck, you, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, start to run these scenarios through your mind, and uh, especially the new drivers out there that are tuned in, just, you know, Played the shoulda, coulda, woulda game. You know, what if? What if something pops out in front of me right now? What am I going to do? Mentally, you know, prepare for the worst. Chances are, when, if the worst does happen, you're not going to panic. And do your very best not to panic. When we start losing traction, the first thing we want to do is get things stopped and that's the worst thing you can do is jam on that brake pedal and hope for the best. Just take that deep breath, hang on, and don't panic. Easier said than done, but if you can do that, I've been in some fairly hairy situations, and if you can just keep your wits about you and not do anything rash, chances are things will play out the way we want them to. So, I got a, I
2: got a just, little comment for that. Yep. Well, so I spent, um, uh, years ago when I hired on the Snyder, uh, they had a full size skid pad for trucks and, um, they kept it open year round and you could get on it. I mean, this thing was, I mean, it was like being on a sheet of ice and I, I mean, it was massive. It was, you know, of course designed for the trucks. Um, Anytime I would have a student, I would take my students up there, and uh, we would get on it. And, uh, of course, I had been on it several times. Uh, but what they taught us was, um, give you a quick scenario, you, you'd come around a corner, you'd have good traction. at. They'd get you around a corner, and they'd get you on the skid pad and accelerating. And they would have three triangles down at the other end, look kind of like a yield sign. And they would tell you to head for one of them, and they'd you to head for the red one, and then they'd tell you to head for the yellow one. So they would get you into that slide. Then the way they would have us push that clutch in and steer the truck where we wanted to go hand over hand. But like I said, they doing that enough, anytime I've been on the ice and snow and what have you, and I realize I've break traction, it, I mean, it's an immediate response. If I put hits that clutch, which if my drives are sliding, that will help get me rolling traction again because I've taken the resistance of the engine off of it and uh I've noticed that the new auto shifts are the same way. They'll do the exact same thing uh, all the way back to i guess my first experience with the auto shift was about two thousand uh three or four uh, no, no I'm sorry it's two thousand five um, but anyway yeah if if you're if the company you uh uh, on with uh, lease to company driver for if they offer that because now, now Snyder has it on uh, big moving simulators, which works. It's not quite as a, uh, not quite as well, but I mean it does get the point across. And I mean you can feel it moving and sliding and what have you. But by all means go take advantage of that. Or you know you get around some of these little truck shows and stuff like that. I've even seen that set up on a trailer, and it's real well, real good uh, training.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and I'll give a, a shameless plug-out to uh, the Alberta Motor Transport Association here in Alberta, Canada. Uh, you know, they offer simulator training, and they are building a facility in Edmonton with a track. So, you know, the, the possibilities and the opportunities are just endless to improve your skills. And uh, that simulator training is just fantastic it uh it lets you have an accident in the classroom where nothing gets damaged and nobody gets hurt and a great learning experience so for uh if anybody has the opportunity to uh to sign up for simulator training it's uh it's great you know get a hold of your state uh motor transport association and uh you know see if they offer it and uh you know what? If you uh if you have to pay that out of your own pocket, it is money well spent and a tax deduction. So, just anything yeah, we can do to increase really
0: our skills. Yeah, they have those Yeah, sorry, that's one really good thing about Schneider that I really like is when you go through orientation, they put you on that simulator. It's uh, it's a good experience.
1: Absolutely. And it's uh it's a very humbling experience. Uh, when I uh when I was with uh with my uh, uh, carrier that I drove for part time while I was on the job. And I think they were one of the first to to have uh, simulator training. And uh, it was actually a Freightliner cab that was uh, mounted. And uh, gosh, you felt every bump in the road, every crack in the road. And if uh, you weren't buckled in when you blew the front tire, you were on the floor it was not realistic and, and it's just amazing to be able to take advantage of that kind of training and hone your skills. And when things go sideways, you know, it's not as scary and not as intimidating as, uh, it was if you were, you know, if you were just on your own. So like I say, anybody that's in Alberta, please, uh, Get a hold of the AMTA and uh, take advantage of that. And for everybody else, get a hold of your local, uh, your state or uh, provincial uh, association and see what's available. Because it's uh, it's the best money you'll ever spend. Uh, tax write-off improves your skills and just makes you a lot a lot more marketable in the event uh, that you uh, want to change carriers. It's uh it's a good course to have on your resume. Yeah,
0: Can't uh Dale, we do trading. have somebody on the line that's got sorry. Yeah, we got somebody on the line that's got a comment about uh winter fuel. Absolutely. All right, we got Bruce in Kansas. Hi Bruce, you're on the air. All
1: right, thank hey, you. Good thanks evening, for tuning everybody. in. Hey, uh couple comments. First of all, we're getting into what I call deer season here in Kansas. You know, the rut is going to begin pretty soon, and deer are moving everywhere. Uh, one thing, and I don't know if you've talked about it before, but when you see a deer coming across the road, don't try to swerve to miss it. Hit the sucker. They only weigh 200 pounds. They'll do some damage, but it's a whole lot better than putting your truck in the ditch or hitting someone head-on because you tried to swerve to, to miss a deer. Great, great point, and and Yeah. It's uh, you know I'm I'm a terrible softy for animals and I hate I hate doing it but you know what if they're going to commit suicide in front of you then they're going to be the only casualty because I'm not dying for a deer great point yeah and another thing to uh, to uh, remember is where there's one deer there's fifteen deer so just because you saw one bounce across the road expect another fourteen right behind them. Yeah, the one you see is not the one you're going to hit. It'll be the, two, the <laughs> second point. or third one following. Yeah, good point. Yeah, a number of years ago, I had uh, poor little Boo Boo Bear commit suicide in front of me in uh, Ontario when I was on my way to the CMC. and Never did check to see if he had a suicide note tucked in his paw, but yeah, <laughs> hate hitting animals. Yeah. Well, the other thing, I and I was on about a month ago, and I was talking to you guys about some diesel fuel, and my cell phone service went bad. Uh, you were talking earlier about the diesel fuel 911, which I agree, it's wonderful stuff. But one thing I've experienced here, talking to our local farmer fuel supplier, the guy that runs the tank wagon service in our community, is that most, if not all, fuel service people in their communities treat their diesel fuel to expected temperatures for their climate because they don't want their customers gelling up any more than we want to gel ourselves up or have wax build up and whatnot. The thing that we found out, though, one winter is that some farmers used power service in the treated fuel and their fuel gelled immediately. Really? The chemist. Yeah, the chem- and and so the the local fuel supplier called the chemist at the refinery to find out well what did you guys not put in the fuel or why did some of my customers have problems and others the fuel never you know it got down to 15 below Fahrenheit and the fuel worked perfectly and they said well what com- what were they using and they said well Power Service and they said oh the the chemical makeup of power service and the way it responds to the the chemical reaction that goes on to when it blends actually negated the effect of the 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 flow stuff they put in at the refinery and it negated the effect of the power service and the fuel gelled up as though there was nothing in it interesting so well and and yeah, I'm not a big fan of additives. Like I say until you know, I'll, I'll treat a problem once the problem has shown up, but it's uh yeah, I've never been a big fan of of uh you know, additives and trying to prevent and well, that's interesting. But and so, you know, I guess my my word of caution is is that if you use locally purchase fuel, more than likely it will be adequate for the climate that you're in. So if you're going from south to north, like you say, buy fuel every couple hundred miles, top your tanks off, and that way you'll be keeping at least a pretty close-to-blended fuel that you need for the expected temperatures of the area you're going into. And, you know, that was, you know, and so... Yeah, if you're going to buy fuel in in South Texas and then run all the way to Winnipeg, you're probably going to have trouble somewhere along the line. Especially if you shut the it's, truck off and then try to start it again. Oh, boy, you don't even have to do that. Somewhere somewhere <laughs> south of Fargo, things are going to get quiet and expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I just I just, you know, it it made, you know, it was a wake-up call to all the people around here who knew this fuel supplier and knew the story that maybe it's best to trust the man and, and when he says it's good to twenty below it's good to twenty below and, and don't put anything in it so now the they said the house that some guys dumped in actually was very close to the same stuff they put in at the refinery, and so you were just double treating it, but with the power service brand, it negated the effects of both of them and so you know yeah interesting. Yeah, and, you know, I, uh, the the only thing I use, and and I just tuck the uh, the 911 in my uh, in my boot box, and I've still got the two quarts that I bought last winter because uh, I didn't have to use them. But, yeah, I'm not sure what's in that stuff, but that seems to work. And another word of caution, I heard you talking about making sure you have some air brake antifreeze dryer if you had a bottle from last year and you opened it, you better make sure it hasn't evaporated through the summer because invariably the one I used half of last winter when I put it in my side box, now it's gone. You know, it's evaporated out through the summer. So go re- go re- buy another bottle of it if you're, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And that, you know, that just goes through our checklist and, and make sure that, uh, you know, what you got hasn't expired and and you've got everything that you're supposed to have. You know, another thing that some people don't realize is that uh, a small bag of cat litter can do wonders in a parking lot. If you happen to pull in with your tires warm, and then you know they melt down into the ice and, and make a little divot, and then you can't get out or something, you know, just a handful of cat litter will sure crawl you out of some of those bad situations. You know, and it's uh, what a great product. You know, it's uh, usually. You know, you can find a small enough bag that it doesn't take up any room. And and like you say, it is just absolutely worth its weight in gold in a parking lot. And I speak from experience on the hard way because I backed into a dock and it was a downhill dock and and I got caught and didn't have kitty litter and was not a happy little cowpoke to throw a set of singles (laughs) on to get out of a loading dock. Well, another... Another trick that I've learned is I have disc brakes on my tractor, so they will not freeze up. They just they just don't freeze up. But my drum brakes on my trailer, if you're driving in a wet, slushy conditions, what I do is when I park, I don't set the trailer brakes. I just set the no. tractor brakes. So the trailer brakes, the, the air may bleed off overnight, and they may come on, but by then everything is frozen, and so they're, you don't have the problem with the brake shoes freezing to the brake drums at that point or the temperature that's in the brake drums will dry them out before, you know, before it has a chance to freeze the brake shoe to the brake drum. Great advice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. Yeah. At night, don't set the trailer brakes, just set your tractor brakes. And, uh, in the morning, if, uh, if your brakes did come on overnight, get out that piece of tire chalk, mark your wheels, and make sure all the wheels are turning before you leave. Yeah, you one don't want to be like the guy I saw drag dra- drag a set of tandems through a parking lot and blow out about five tires in about a couple hundred yards. Well, I know uh, I know one carrier that uh, typically the cost in the winter time for skidded tires is uh you know twenty to thirty thousand dollars and you know that's that's money that's right off the bottom line and love them or hate them you know big carriers aren't an atm machine they're they're not they're not swimming in cash so if you're expecting a raise we need to do whatever we can to ensure that they have a healthy bottom line so they can give us a raise. And if we're out there just peeing money into the wind, i.e. skidded tires, I mean, totally preventable. And, you know, there you are on the side of the road with four, eight, six tires that are blown. You look like a buffoon. Now you've got to phone the safety department and have an audience with somebody. Totally preventable. And just no excuse for it.
2: No, absolutely so thank not excuse m- for it. Go, go ahead, Bill.
1: Yeah, no. Thank you very much for jumping in. Great advice. And yeah, you know, it's those silly little preventable accidents that you know make us look silly. And yeah, you know, when you get called into under the carpet, like, what's your excuse? Why didn't you chalk the tires? Why didn't you make sure that they were moving?
3: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, since we're talking about air and everything freezing and what have you. And this had actually happened to me. I was I was new and what have you. Uh, but anyway, I shut the truck off one night and uh, I had I had left my trailer brakes undone, um, and I you know I had broke my brakes. I'd done pretty much everything we were talking about, but. Um, got up the next morning and I fired up the truck, and my air pressure wasn't building. My air governor was froze. Yep. So now I've started to win because it, it, it's got to be pretty cold before I'm gonna. It's got to be real cold before I'm going out of my truck. I've got the you know I got the bunk heater and all that in here, but uh, you know I actually pumped my brakes. Down uh, below, uh, well below ninety. When I shut down, that way I know my air governor is on. So at least if it's froze, it's froze on. It's going to give me air, and of course eventually the engine will heat it up and let it start operating properly.
1: Yep, yeah, that's uh, that's a good tip. And and again, you know, for the for the new entry level drivers that are tuned in. You know, don't panic. Just take a big breath and remember what the uh, what you went through in orientation for how the air system worked. And if you can't, uh, you know, if you can't do your own troubleshooting, pick up the phone and somebody will be more than happy to help you out. But don't do anything rash and spend a bunch of money that. Doesn't have to be spent let's uh let's touch on snow plows uh before we're out of time here it's uh, it's the season now and uh i did uh, i did plow snows for our uh, highways department for one season, and I could never understand why everybody was in a big hurry to get around that snow plow and get in front of me. Because what's in front of me is not, not very good conditions. What is behind me is plowed and sanded. So stay back, follow the plow, and every 15, 20 miles, he's going to pull over and let all the traffic by. And don't be, uh, don't be blown past that snow plow and if you see a cloud of snow don't go driving through that cloud of snow uh, we had one of our plow trucks hit in the uh, Strathmore area uh, a loaded set of superbees rear ended him and he hit him so hard the plow truck was upside down in the ditch and the lumber truck was upside down in the opposite ditch so yeah please be careful we all saw the facebook video of the uh, snowplow that was hit in Utah and uh, knocked into that uh, canyon, left the road. Boy, that was just an incredible ride for the driver, and he survived, which was more good luck than good planning. And uh, yeah, the driver that hit him, supposedly professional, and I'm making the air quotation marks. So. Let's not make the industry look bad. Let's be professional and be careful and just don't be in a hurry in the wintertime. You see a snowplow, slow down, give him plenty of room to work. One of the downsides, if you decide to pass that snowplow, he's got the blade down, he's only doing 40 miles an hour. If that truck hits a crack in the asphalt, he can lose control of that truck and be in your lane. Well, if you're trying to pass him and all of a sudden the plow truck gets into trouble and starts getting out of shape, you've got nowhere to go. And things are going to get real busy, real quick for everybody. So please give them lots of room to work. The emergency vehicles, the tow trucks, wintertime is Seems to be the busy time of year for everybody in emergency services please slow down be visible and give them time and give them room to do their job if uh you know if they're out on the highway the rule of thumb is slow to half the posted speed when you're going by them or change lanes and be mindful that uh you know People can be darting out from accident scenes, and you come across an accident, scene. kick your four ways on, slow down, watch for people moving around. If the accident is fresh and brand new, people are in shock, and people will start wandering around. The last thing we want to do is, uh, is run over somebody. So, so please be careful, and again, be visible. On that note, I guess uh, we're starting to uh, run out of time here, so I'll close the show out. And uh, thank you very much for everybody tuning in. And again, be careful, be visible, be diligent to the uh, wildlife that's that's out there. And uh, be safe and healthy and compliant. And We'll see you in another month.
3: All
0: right. Thank you very much, Dale. My pleasure.